I know that you're, you're, we're not always supposed to have favorites, but the Gospel of John is my favorite of the Gospels. And it's because of passages like this one. Especially that last verse. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. It's a beautiful promise. It's something to hold on to. But so often when we think about this life that Jesus talks about in this verse, we think about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. We think of, of this life that Jesus has given us as, as what we have been saved from. That we have been saved from hell. That we have been saved from eternity apart from God. That we have been saved from our sins. But this life that Jesus is talking about in John 10.10 isn't life that we're saved from. It's life that we are saved for. That it's something for us. Life for us. Us. Yes, Jesus came and he died so that even in our darkest and worst moments, that we can know that we are never beyond God's redemption. That God has chosen to draw near to us. That even in the moments where we wish God did not see us, that Jesus would still choose to die for just us in that moment. And yes, Jesus came and he died so that eternity with us would be what he could celebrate. But we can forget That this eternal life, this life lived in the kingdom of God, is a life that we have been saved for right here, right now. Life lived in the knowledge that our Savior has come that he has conquered, and that he lives. Life lived in the knowledge that sin cannot hold us. Sin is so often our greatest excuse for why we cannot do more, for why we have messed up. Sin is too strong. But Jesus came so that our life now is a life that could be free. Is a life where sin cannot tell us what to do. Because as Paul wrote in Romans, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we as Christians are able 
to overcome sin. We have been saved for something. Something so special. But it's so easy for us with the best intentions to forget this. Because there's so many different things for us to do to spend our time. And some of the things that we call sin, we don't want to call it sin. Because it's fun or everyone else is doing it. And when we think about this, this life that God tells us that we are called to live, it's a life that the world calls foolish. And so often we can choose to say, not today. Because what is today? And in in, when we think about eternity, what is today? We can be a more faithful disciple tomorrow. We can be a more faithful disciple after this next big test, after this next job promotion, after the next fill in the blank. We all have them. The reason why we can't give God the time now. But what we can never forget is that we can never overlook today. Because of who our God is. Because of the fact that our God is alive. That our God is right here with us. Because our God is at work. Each day is full of possibility. Each day, God wants to do the impossible in and through us. Each day, we can encounter our risen Savior. Each day, we can receive this true life, this abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. A life defined by extravagant love. Love that can make us uncomfortable at times. Love that we just want to keep for ourselves at times. A life defined by forgiveness. A life defined by being in a faith community. Because you cannot escape community in scripture. And a life defined defined by being in relationship with Jesus what I love about today's passage is that this passage is so strong in reminding us that to receive this abundant life this true life 
It only comes through Christ. That Jesus is the gate. He tells us twice. He is the gate. He is the door by which we enter to receive this life. This life that isn't just sustaining or surviving, but life that flourishes. Life that is vibrant. Life that tells impossible things that anything is possible with God. But we have to know Jesus. We can't overlook that. We have to learn the sound of our shepherd's voice. Like Bluebell knows sounds. This means that we can't just... We can't just take for granted who Jesus is. That we can't just call ourselves Christians. We can't just get baptized. We can't just come to church. We have to choose to know who Jesus is. We have to know him. To immerse ourselves in his story and God's word for us. We have to be willing to come to God in prayer. To come to God with all we are. And to not just speak in prayer, but to wait and to listen and to expect God to respond to us. To teach us the voice that we have to listen for. Each day is important because each day we choose. We choose whether or not we're just going to go through the routines and call them life. We choose. We choose how faithful we will be. Our lives, they mean something. Never question how much you mean. Because God created each and every one of us to tell his story, each in our own way. But to tell this story, to live into this abundant life, We have to he- be able to hear our shepherd's voice. We have to know his voice. And we have to be willing to obey his voice. It's so easy to just go through the motions, to lose track of our time. It just is. Even communion. It's so easy just to take communion the first Sunday of each month. But communion means something. 
Communion is this meal that we gather at as a community, as Christ intended for us to to remember that we have a call. That we have a call to be Christ's witnesses in this world. That we are the people who are able to tell others who God is. That God lives. We are his witnesses, his only witnesses in this world, and that has to mean something to us. And this meal of homemade bread that tastes good and the shared cup, it reminds us that even though we can't always touch God as we want to touch him, that sometimes we question whether or not God can provide for us as we need, feel we need to be provided for, This meal reminds us that God has come. It's a meal we touch, a meal that fills us, a meal that nourishes our body and our soul. And it's at this meal that we are reminded of the sacrifice that has enabled us to have life. Life that we can run from. Life that gives us a love that we don't always understand and a grace that we don't deserve. But it's a sacrifice that's given to us and for us. It's in the breaking of the bread that we remember how Jesus willingly allowed his body to be broken so that wholeness would be our story. And in the sharing of the cup, we remember his blood that was poured out to pull us into God's family, to name us as holy and blameless, to claim us. And we remember in this meal that not only did Jesus suffer, but that he died. But we remember and celebrate with this meal that death could not hold him. Because God's power is too great. His love for us too strong. That this meal just gives us a taste of what is to come in eternity with one another, with all the saints who have gone before us and all the saints yet to come. We remember with this meal that God is with us. 
and that God will give us his Holy Spirit to live this life, this abundant life. And we remember that our lives mean something, that today means something. Because today with our lives, we tell the story of a God who lives, a God who loves, and a God who isn't stopping until his kingdom overtakes this world. And so we just come gathered, praying to you, O Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine and upon us gathered here. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one in ministry with you and with one another until your son returns and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As those who are helping to serve make their way forward, I just want to take this opportunity to say that this table belongs to God. It does not belong to anyone. And so everyone is invited to this table. 